Welcome to season two of Earth School, a weekly podcast about weaving the healing journey artfully into life, hosted by Rosalind McNally and Bibi Dalman. Welcome back, everybody, um, and welcome, Rosalind. In this episode, we're going to follow up last week's chat um, on the autumn season. Uh, and so we're going to talk today about practices and practical applications of how to utilize the, the qualities of autumn and what they mean in our healing journey and how we can weave through those practices, our healing journey really into our life. So to get us started, Rosalind, where, where do you want to start on practices? I mean, I can just think of so many, but uh, where do you feel is a good starting point to work with us? All right. So we chatted. So I'm going to go with a different little angle following on mm -hmm. from last week's episode, just to sort of see the full sort of cycle off it all. Um, so if we think about autumn, as being a time when we're receiving our harvest. So we're receiving. So it's sometimes nice then to actually think about the other side. So it's all about the reciprocal relationship is what sometimes is nice, to, which I think is really lovely to look at. Because if you think often we just like in the world in general, not there, like we go out, we take. And if you think of that in nature, like if you think of our ancestors, like, you know, what came from the land in autumn had to keep us going through the winter. You know, they might not have been able to hop down to their local centre to get their supplies for the evening. That way, like, so it had to be this deep relationship of, you know, unless the land provides for me, I might not last the winter, like, or it'll be a hard winter, like, that way. So it's that lovely part of being reciprocal, like, and I think we can extend that to all of life. You know, of all parts. So it's the gratitude to give them back. So if in autumn I'm taking in and I'm receiving loads and, I'm, and it could be through a relationship, through a project, through the actual land given to me. But if that's the energy that's there, then how do I complete that cycle on the other side? Like, so to me, it's like, how can I give thanks? How can I ask, what can I do for you? Uh, like, you know, and it's not like we have to do it every time we receive something because to me, autumn is also learning to receive, which a lot of people have a massive challenge with that way to receive fully, like, you know, the whole bounty of this or to receive love, to receive thanks, to receive compliments, to receive anything in life, like, like oh, but you only like that much. Do you like so? But I'm extending it outwards, like, you know, as in giving thanks, like not because I've received, you know, that can be part of it, but because that's the other side of the cycle. Like, so it can be water. Like to me, it's always little offerings to nature, like that way and whatever, simple, simple things. It could be collecting some of the leaves that have fallen off a tree, bringing it over somewhere and giving thanks. Like that way it could be collecting the leaves as a symbol of letting go of the things that you're letting go of and taking them to the water and putting them into the water like but that part of giving thanks like that way so how can I give thanks or where I'm receiving from even from a project you might go but how can I give thanks to a project ask it everything is alive everything has energy so you go to it right project thank you you've given me so much like this five years that we have grown together or 10 years and I know we're moving into a new phase of this project do you know, like how can I give thanks to all that I've learned all that I've received, all that I've grown through this. So that would be my little starting place. 
Mm, that's a really nice way of looking at it. And it ties in with this idea that um, often our breath practice, we associate autumn with the out breath, you know, mm. which is both it is we release something, but it's also our out breath is what we give into the world around us. So there's this, you know, exchange of on the inhalation, we take our environment into us and the out breath, we take from what's within us, mm -hmm. that breath out into the environment and to be thoughtful, mindful, um, aware of the quality of our out breath. So there's many ways we can work with the, with the exhalation just simply, you know, on one level, is it even there? You know, you can just check in throughout the day. Are you cutting your out breath short? You know, because what it what it creates, then a not only can you release release not fully, but there is also a um, sort of discrepancy between how you give into the world. You know, we can a lot of how easily we can give into the give something back into the world. Um, so just watching the out breath from time to time when working with the breath is really important, especially if you haven't done much breath work to, to really just be very, very gentle. Don't work with the breath the way you might work with the physical body. Don't yank on it. Don't, you know, be harsh with the breath. Don't be certainly not too over excited about the breath and work too much too quickly, but it's literally just a noticing of, you know, do I actually, you know, we talk sometimes about, oh, just take a breath in, you know, just take a couple of breaths. But usually we take a couple of breaths. We take a couple of breaths. But this is like more so the flip side of this. This is like watching, have you actually exhaled all the way completely? Mm -hmm. And when you exhale, and you can do this while you're listening here, as you're exhaling and exhaling all the way, take just this exhalation, keep going all the way to the end and just notice, have you started to stoop forward? Have your shoulders collapsed? Have you sort of pressed the air out? And instead, let's just try this one more time. So whenever that next exhalation comes, just keep your your normal upright easy seat but exhale from the inside all the way out without stooping forward and so there is a quality when you stay with that exhalation at the very end there's a very gentleness that comes with that exhalation as you're releasing all the way as you're not squenching it out so that would be one way of working with this idea of you know not only how am i releasing something out but also starting to make a connection with the quality of the out breath you know because that's also how i send intentions out into the world it's how i speak the, the speak happens on our out breath so the quality of our thoughts and this is also how we connect to one another through our language you know it's like we ask each other how are you and so it's not only what we say but the energy that swings on our breath um shapes and flavors the quality of whatever we're saying so it's just a little thing to kind of maybe be mindful of mm -hmm. as we're going into the autumn Beautiful. I like that. It's not little. Let's big. We have our breath all the time, <laughs> but we never notice. You're like that little thing. I'm like, that's a big practice. <laughs> it's the seemingly simple things that are that can teach us so much. Like, yeah. And then sort of your chat about sort of the the out breath being the letting go. So comes to my mind then is a practice then of like I love that that word I was using it recently with a client. And they go, God, I've never thought of looking at that way of honoring. How can I honor what I'm letting go? Do you like so we're learning to bring things to completion? They're not all like an endings or to even this stage of a completion to allow them to grow on. Because not every ending is a, a death in a sense. You know, like we just think it's an end and it's cut its head off, like it's dead, it's finished. But you know, it can be an ending of a cycle for it to evolve into another cycle. And then other times it is just the completion of the cycle. So how can I honor? the ending, the letting go, 
the feelings that are coming up with this here. Because I'm not going to sit and go, we all love our endings. Like we all find them challenging, depending on what it is. Some we're we're waving at it, going, thank God that's over and done with. Other ones were like, seriously, you've asked a lot off me this year already. And now this, do you know, like, so it's like, how can, and to me, the honoring part allows me to honor what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing, honoring the full life cycle of the thing. So like, as you mentioned the last episode, I can take from it all, I can look at it the full spring go like, like the way I, I have three little questions I'd look at going, you know, like what, what am I letting go off for starters that way? Like, and from that there, what have I learned? From that whole cycle, what have I learned? What have I gained, grown from? I have taken into my inner part of myself, like that way. Like, what what am I definitely when I say letting go? What am I definitely not carrying forward from that? Like, I I learned that, and yeah, never signing up for those. Don't say yes straight away. Pause. Say you'll think about it. Do you know, like, or definitely not never doing those kind of marathons again, or whatever it is. Like, what am I then carrying forward? Because even in the letting go, there'll be parts of that whole cycle that I go. That's actually, I'd love to remember that for next time. Whether it's whatever phase of the cycle it is, you know, like that. I'd I'd love to bring that forward into the next thing that I'm going to be evolving in myself or in life or whatever it might be like so to me it's like you're standing and reviewing the whole thing and then you're you're honoring all that you have received from it even though it might not be the bounty that you had planned on that way like but and if it is the bounty you're still honoring everything that's come from it like I think that's such an important part because sometimes to me if the autumn is the end and the letting go sometimes we're straight into the next thing Mm. without the pause and the reflection and in breathwork, we also say that, you know, the exhalation, the quality of the exhalation is setting up the next inhalation. So with that mm-hmm. as well, if I exhale only half or two thirds, the next in-breath that comes in can only fill that half, or the, you know, the two thirds essentially that I exhale. Mm-hmm. So how can I empty out completely what's necessary, what's needed? not shying from going all the way to that point, but also not going beyond it and not forcing, you know, um, because just because it's odd and we're talking about this abdominal doesn't mean you have to tear off the stabilizing wheels and, you know, pull yourself out of relationships that like mm-hmm. the first doubts just creep in, you know, that there's, that's also about the autumn energy to, to really be mindful of like watching when is it, there's a, when when we talk about this exhalation that leads into actually the pause after the exhalation, which is sort of an, an analogy for the winter, the quietness, right? So there is, there's a, there's an observation practice you can do with the exhalation and that I would recommend to not do while driving. <laughs> and, 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 and this is a little more of a sacred practice. So I would recommend do it maybe at home, you know, <laughs> rather than just out and about, but technically once you get more familiar with it, you can, you can do it more, but it's this watching when the exhalation is actually finished. And then there is this pause after the exhalation. And then at some point, the inhalation begins again. So can you actually identify that? And what usually happens for most of us is when we go into that transitional period of exhaling all the way out so that would sort of represent towards the end of the autumn is that gets a bit wishy-washy you know it's either harsh we kind of oh my god i'm all out of breath 
and pull back in, or we are not completely sure where that point is. You know, our awareness skips. It goes from the exhalation straight over towards the inhalation. So the invitation is to do a little bit of an investigation work and you'd be surprised the sensitivity that starts to build around your entire breathing cycle. And the breathing cycle is one in one also connected to how you work with the seasonal qualities. But when you go towards the very end of your exhalation, without dragging it out longer, just notice what shifts in your body. The muscles have to work differently. Your rib cage, the structure in your body all have to shift to go from exhalation to being empty. And to watch that. And when you, when we start building a relationship to how much actually has to change there, we can be a little bit more gentle with ourselves as well as we're letting go in this autumnal phase, you know, when we go into the emptiness. But yeah, for sure, the exhalation sets us up for being really in that pause in the winter and then being able to take a full breath in and really surging into that spring quality. Mm, really nice. Yeah. Lovely. Mm. Like a little practice. It's not really practice. I, I always just like questions because they make you think, not think, think, but like asking sort of review back and get an understanding of how you work that way, like, because we're all going to enter into these spaces differently. So I always like, you know, I think I mentioned in the winter one as well, like, but, you know, how have I met the autumns in my life previously? Like, how am I with letting go in general? How am I with autumn every year as a season? Am I like going, oh God, here we are again. Come on, summer, quickly come to me. Do you like, am I the person who finds it hard to let go, to move into the autumn? Am I the person who will try and keep wearing my summer clothes as long as possible? Do you know, like, so you're sort of exploring how am I with stepping into the unknown, the uncertainty, because that's going to give me information. So even if I'm not in an autumn phase of my life at the minute, that I know the tales possibly and I might as we always say you might not know the tales until you're in the tales do you know like but we can sometimes get a sense of them like and to me they would be we begin to lose the drive we begin begin to become less maybe engaged we lose maybe that curiosity there's a dullness to some of the things that maybe that had a real life force behind them or we're becoming less interested in them or we don't have the energy for them or we don't get that same feedback from maybe the things that we were doing and experiencing you know so it's like how do I notice that in myself and as you rightly said like not every time I feel those is an autumn phase of my life like well that's where our discernment and learning to know ourselves between the mind the fear versus the true soul knowing where it's the bones the body every part of you is going it's time Versus, oh my God, is this like, you know, I'm in a new relationship. Maybe are they breaking up with me this week? You know, like that's programming the fear based on past relationships possibly and, and beliefs and whatnot else like. But we that to me, it's the, the bones nearly know, like my body always knows when I'm in that space. And pardon me, my head will go then, just pretend, pretend it's not happening. <laughs> you know, like, so to me, it's like do the little review or that's the auditor in me, do the little audit, you know, like, because then that informs me then for the next stage. So at least if I know how I meet it, I can then begin to think, what would it look like to do that with grace and with ease, knowing that more than like life habit won't do that the next time I meet it. But at least I can begin to explore it. Like, yeah, I love that. And so much as well i think working with those energies about you know start working consciously with it where it comes easy to you so you know if letting go of something in within relationship is more difficult but you're craving 
a seasonal change in your wardrobe. Well, <laughs> it's happening right there. Go to your wardrobe and take out the things that don't work anymore. You know, mm. um, if you if you all of a sudden feel you want to clear out the kitchen, you know, reorganize the home. We can take something very pragmatic, um, or you know, you just kind of go, do you know what? This way, I'm so done with driving to work in this particular way. I'm gonna do this the other way around. You know, or clear out the structures in your day, clear out your diary, go out and buy a new diary to take out. You know, because I don't know if you would like. I like physical, tangible diaries and. <laughs> there comes a time when there's so many notes in it that it's like bursting mm -hmm. and it's not actually you know you can't just take all the things out so it just stays like that and it gets like tied up and stored away nice and neatly but just like buying a new diary in order to have a clear out you know so what are the things where you go you know you have plants popping up all of a sudden everywhere <laughs> you go like oh you know start somewhere in your life where you feel you, you naturally already gravitate towards you want structure you want to clear something out something has just gotten a little too too much of anything mm -hmm. you know um can can be anything in 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 your life and like start there and what i find a lot of the times when we do something and that's the beauty of these energies these energies the autumn energies underpin a variety of our areas of life and tasks from the most mundane to such as clearing out your wardrobe to the most you know um deeply soulful work within us but it's the same energy that runs underneath so it doesn't matter where you start you know so you can a lot of the times it's literally like i'm clearing out the wardrobe to do actually a clearing out of my my mental mm. structuring things when i know i can't let go of certain things in my mind because i'm just too clingy onto it and i'm i know they have to go but i have all the reasons why i want to hang on to them I don't sometimes don't go straight to them if it feels too vulnerable and too raw. I literally do something like I clear it somewhere else in my my, my house or I rearrange plants or just just that same quality, uh, but in a totally different area of my life. And then while I'm doing this, I'm usually making peace with that quality. And I actually find it quite soothing. And that gives me then the support to maybe more consciously access those mm -hmm. other areas in my life. And sometimes you don't even have to go there consciously because you just activate that quality in one area. And it's just like, you're more easeful. It's not even that you have to emphasize it. It's like literally, if you ease the resistance mm -hmm. to it, it will just float through your life in that way, you know? And again, not to say here in any way that like, you know, letting go of certain aspects is in any way, shape or form easy, but it also doesn't always have to be, not everything has to be that hard to mm -hmm. let go of. You know, so you can start somewhere where you're kind of craving already a little bit of the shaking of the leaves, you know. Mm, yeah, because you're accessing the energy of it in a way that will support you, but it is easier for the nervous system or the mind to interact with it then as well. Like that way, like, can I read a little quote uh, that I have? I show it in my class. I just think it speaks of the autumn energy perfectly because sometimes we can be chatting about it and we're like yeah letting go and then you know like you lose energy and all but this one it's by alice walker from her book living by the word and i just think it's so beautiful so some periods of our growth are so confusing that we don't even recognize that growth is happening we may feel hostile or angry or weepy and hysterical. We may even feel depressed. It would never occur to us unless we stumbled on a book or a person who explained to us that we are, in fact, in the process of change, of actually becoming larger spiritually than we were before. Whenever we grow, we tend to feel it as a young seed must feel the weight 
and inertia of the earth as it seeks to break out of its shell on the way to becoming a plant. Often the feeling is anything but pleasant, but what is most unpleasant is not knowing what is happening. Those long periods when something inside of ourselves seemed to be waiting, holding its breath, unsure about what the next step should be, eventually become the periods we wait for, for it is in those periods that we realize that we are being prepared for the next phase of our life and that in all probability, a new level of personality is about to be revealed. I think that's beautiful because it mentions the breath, it mentions the pausing, the waiting, but how then our minds and our bodies may meet that there then as well. Like, but that then when we eventually become into relationship with that energy, that we then actually realize there's a lot of potency in it. We still might not navigate it beautifully, but we trust fully that on the other side, the seed will be cracked like, and it will grow into something like. So I thought that was just, it's because it speaks sort of, to me, it speaks when I read it, I was like, that's it, that's autumn there. Like, just, it's, yeah. it's autumn. That's beautiful. Mm. So, like it's such a lovely note to actually just <laughs> leave the podcast <laughs> on this. And you know what? Maybe maybe just in this context, um to not think that we have to overcomplicate things, you know. Um, we can probably give you millions of different practices. Um, we might add one or two more, but um really there's there's something about simplifying and if something works for you, you know, to we have this tendency to always look somewhere else where someone else needs to have something better. I'm sure somebody else has the answer. If I do another 20 cleanses, another, you know, 50 uh, things like that, it's like, it's also so much about looking back over your life. And when have you, when you look back separated from something or come to full terms with something in a very easeful, peaceful way. And what were your ways of, of, of doing that? You know? So I think that that's also to remember that, First and foremost, we're human beings that are built to to do that type of work, you know, and these practices can help us, but to not forget that you have an innate power to to live those cycles naturally. So connecting back to all those times where you felt, okay, this was a transition that actually worked really well for me. You know, I took responsibility within it. I surrendered into it. I did the digesting and integrating work. Um I think that will be a beautiful way of of pulling that quality forward. Yeah. What what about what about yours? Is there anything else you wanna add mm. to practices? No, like I think coming back to the first one, just work with nature, like that's showing you how to do it. So go into a little ceremony with it, a simple ass. I used the one at the beginning, giving the leaves to nature, like, but that can be the same for the letting go, like breathing in what you're letting go into the leaves and placing them somewhere like and and leaving them like never coming back to them in a sense or creating them in we called an earth painting like where you created just create on the earth with all the elements that you find from the earth that have fallen from the earth that you haven't pulled without permission from a tree that way like but you know it's coming back to you just lay it down thinking of all those things about your release and letting go off the emotions behind them or you're just doing it because the energy's in you anyway like even if you don't know what you're letting go of the energy's in you like and we'd say the breath knows breath carries it carries your spirit carries the energy so even breathing into those things you're placing down 
even if you can't name it, don't want to name it, are afraid to go there, that you're placing it on the earth, maybe not even knowing, maybe it's not time for it to be let go, but your fear of it is, <gasps> do I have to? But it's just you're offering it up to something bigger than yourself. Like, and you do your little sort of earth painting, does not have to be sh- probably not showing, like just do it for yourself and then just leave it to the earth, like, and let go, okay, if it does need to be taken by the earth, that it'll be used for something else. And if not, it's still getting transformed, like. I like working that way. Like, yeah, I think that's such an important part as well to to understand this whole alchemizing and this transformation process. That you know, um, when you think of back, go back to that analogy of of leaves, and as the leaves you know fall off the tree into the earth, and they become nourishment for the earth. This idea that whatever we're releasing, if it's even a quality that we're releasing, mm. you know, when we kind of like, do you know what? I just gotten a little uptight. I got a little like very intense, very specific over the last few months over certain things. And I'm kind of, I'm rec- you know, recognizing this now. I'm ready to release that to a also recognize before that uptightness, there was probably just a very supportive stability <laughs> of that quality and recognize that capacity to do that. And then just notice where the too much is. And that too much is really just too much of a beautiful quality of stability potentially. And so as we're releasing the too much that then express itself in us in tightness and tight mindedness and narrowness and thinking and expression, might be just, you know, leave it out and it can transform into a totally different quality for somebody else or something like a very similar quality for someone else, you know, in that way. So again, it goes back to this idea, nothing is inherently good or bad. It really depends on how we relate to it and how, how we use it. Something that is, you know, a beautiful softness, too much of that beautiful softness surrendering can go into complete passivity willpower and decisiveness can go into too much fieriness too much aggression so it doesn't matter you know nothing inherently it is it's just like the 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 appropriateness to the moment and i think autumn is also an invitation to look at those um seemingly smaller things like qualities within us we go where is there just like too much of something you know, and that I'm also now, even though autumn is this idea of releasing, but if I've been releasing and laying over, um, let's say, blocks and practicing yin yoga, only yin yoga or maybe only restorative yoga or very, very gentle all year round, um, there is a point to investigate where is that coming from and is this coming from a too much of that softness and where is the right amount for me at this point because what was right for me five months ago might not be there now so autumn also brings always in a, a checking in with, with qualities and a checking in for, for timeliness I think and in that way it actually brings us into the present moment you know it's like what is now needed and to what amount and you know and and so it, it's by asking those questions you know what what's needed now and to what amount in me in this relationship in that job in that project uh, it allows us actually to fine-tune our efforts and it helps us to pull out a little bit too much of energy out of some project it doesn't mean that the project then has to die like what you said earlier and that everything has to go completely into that but it allows us then also to shuffle and re reorganize our our energy across a field of different relationships and interactions that we have so then when we go into winter it sits all a little bit more authentically and it sits a little bit more at peace in a way mm-hmm. yeah yeah beautiful like yeah 
yeah, that's the wholeness of autumn, like which is inviting us into like you think the autumn equinox is the balance, it's the wholeness. As I stand in autumn equinox, I'm looking over at the spring equinox. Do you know, like so it's the both, it's this and you know, I can be excited about the changes and also crying over the changes like you know i can still on autumn be full of energy and five minutes later be like oh i can't be bored getting out of bed you know but within as you so beautifully explained the spectrum of you know like anything what is medicine for me in one dose may not be medicine for me the next week or the next time i go to meet it like so it's really teaching us that wholeness that all are welcome at this table but how maybe i am interacting with them or how much they get a say is dependent on what sort of degree they are there and how I'm interacting with them. Like, so we get to learn from them and bring healing on our journey from that place then. Like, mm. mm-hmm. I love that there. Like, yeah. So, so just to another lens, uh, at which we can look at, at this is sort of this idea of, you know, awareness and presence that's, that's really there throughout the entire cycle across all seasons. But what we may pay attention to shifts or could shift slightly, you know, to me, the spring and the autumn is, is, is always a, it's like the in-breath and the out-breath. So, so there's a certain level of doingness or activity, either activity in building up spring or an activity in deconstructing, letting go which in themselves have different qualities, but, you know, but something is shifting. So there's always to me, autumn and spring are always qualities where I'd be watching shifts, where am I, you know, watching where am I resisting shifting or where am I so excited about shifting that I'm, you know, I'm shifting a bit too much, you know, I'm really leaning and forcing change in, in a way because it's supported by the external energies. Whereas somewhere in a winter noticing would be more like, you know, it's the, the holding after the in-breath and the holding after the out-breath. So it's like watching the beingness, you know. Um, so watching in the summer, you know, the, the external beingness, how I am with the environment around me. And in the winter, how am I watching the world? you know, how I'm with, with myself in that way. But yeah, so specifically for autumn practices in that way, just simply noticing, you know, what shifting, how you're shifting with it, where you're assisting, where you're pushing shifts, um, where you're ignoring shifts, um, you know, all of those. So it is, although a quieter time, and now I let into that, there's a sort of a, what I love about autumn is this this quietening inwards, it's the direction. There is still a lot of movability within that. And um, which also asks us to not completely, not the winter complete surrendering, right? So it's, it's, it's like being engaged and surrendering a little bit is like, which I think it's it's teaching us, teaches us so much about fine tuning how we interact with our own energies and our qualities, how we bring ourselves into the world. And I think that's another another aspect of a practice, you know, you can take any one quality and ride that along the entire seasonal circle. You know, how does you how do you consciously express your willingness across across the year, how you express your quality to surrender across the year? Um, that's also a kind of just a slightly different angle of, of, of how to work with noticing and the expression of your qualities across I suppose all all cycles as you kind of come full cycle. Mm, I know, yeah, actually. God, yeah, we're at autumn. So we've come our full mm. cycle through it like. So and just before I know we're finishing up, but before we finish then. Come in the full cycle. Hmm. Hmm. I'm sitting there going a million miles an hour in my head. Yeah. 
So really the invitation from the four, yeah, for you, what was the invitation from the four episodes or eight episodes because you include in the practices, sort of the full invitation for the listeners then are to stand back and think about or consider then in themselves from being journeying with us for eight weeks through the seasons. I suppose it, it's it's an it's an ongoing circle and cycle and quality. So one way of working with them would be to literally listen listen to the episodes again and just notice what has shifted within you within you know within that short time frame possibly you know um, with it um, and it's a way of to me, working with the seasons in that way is a way of, of of staying present and staying alive and staying with, you know, noticing what shifts. Um, personally, I think something like that is always exciting, but I do like experiences in life, full stop. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I love different relationships, different um, traveling to different places, but also like really watching how when you as currently like, not that much has shifted in the outside world, you know, how how the inside, as we're staying in one place, shifts. It's actually a very rare and incredible, incredible opportunity to look at that because never before have we had this subclimate of, you know, most of us have not left our house pretty much for the last few months. Um, we haven't gone on long-haul travels. We haven't imbued our uh, energy household with experiences from afar. So it's a very unique sort of microclimate. I think that can be really interesting to in, in investigate so um yeah but it's it's for sure always a, a call to to presence and as things are shifting and and just know to me the shifting is always is a sign of aliveness you know and that's that's really why why i'm interested in all mm. of this work and why i do the work i'm doing so you need just to help us all remember moment by moment like how special and how sacred this aliveness is and to whichever expression is running through you, but to do it consciously and just to not miss the magic along the way, you know, um, which does not mean that's always easy. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> for me, it just came to mind when you said the end of the cycle like that. Like, so for me, it would be to invite listeners to even just, it has to be presence, has to be the first thing like that, that way, like being present to what is, in life at the minute and then looking at the whole spectrum of what's going on in your your inner world as well as your outer world at the minute and going if can I get a sense of where in the wheel I am like and then from that there what resources do I need to be and um, in this space at this time like that way so what do I need mentally emotionally physically even spiritually to allow me to be in it to move through it and not get lost in it then like that it would be the little things like yeah but also to always remember you're never just in one that way like and it's spiral within spiral within spiral within spiral they would be the main yeah. little parts yeah yeah so i can't believe we're at the end of the little cycle <sighs> i know <laughs> um so with that in mind thank you so much rosalyn again um for for this conversation as always and thank you very much for listening everybody um as always we love hearing from you um emails social media in any which way reach out also if you have any questions or is it 
anything you want us to talk about, just drop us a little uh, mail and let us know how everything sits with you, especially after, you know, um, we've done two sort of cyclical waves now over the last uh, 16, I think, episodes now. Yeah. Mm. Um, Yeah. So thank you so much for listening and um, we'll see you in the next one. Take care. Bye. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Earth School podcast hosted by Rosalind McNally and BB Dallin. If you'd like to find out more about the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram. Or if you'd like to learn more about our individual work, you can check us out on our websites, bbdalman.com and thethirstysoul.com.